Derek going to have Chuck E. Cheese time with the family after this? I'll still be alive, sickly. Either way. <laughs> I don't know. Some things are worse than death. Not pizza, my friend. I'll tell you that. You're going to Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. The way I look. Let's go to Chuck's. <laughs> at the doorway <laughs> i assumed if you're going with the family they'll allow you in but if you went by yourself there's maybe. nobody like less than 30 years old going. <laughs> sammy and anna and chris <laughs> that would be great that'd be great if you all like loaded up and went to chuck e cheese hey you know i could play it off as being mildly retarded i, I do it on a daily basis anyway <laughs> there's a reason jerry got promoted at work he filled a a certain need. There's that great uh, office episode. It might actually stretch over a few episodes where the uh, the new love interest for Steve Carell, the new HR lady, Hi. thinks that Kevin is mentally handicapped in the way she treats him. <laughs> oh, but yeah, he, but he thinks that she's flirting with him. Hello, Canadian. Hello, Americans. First thing I hear is mentally handicapped in my camera turns on and i was like well what the fuck <laughs> very, very fitting yeah. considering the three of us mm-hmm. the scotch on the rocks please any scotch will do as long as it's not a blend of course uh single malt plenolivet plenfitic perhaps maybe a blend gown any blend I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini. Shaken, not stirred. I think that started out far meaner. Josh uh, using a slur against Jared's intellect. And then I started talking about the office to try to soothe things over. Like, Uh, we can all agree on that. Actually, Jared put that slur on himself. I just suggested... He was going to Chuck E. Cheese. He's the one who gave the uh, possibility of why. I'm <laughs> suggesting the only way that it'll work is if I <laughs> pretend I'm mentally handicapped because nobody's less than 30 years old going Do to Chuck E. Cheese. Do they actually have like any sort of rule there to protect, yeah. protect themselves? Okay. Yeah, you, you have to. You have to be with a kid. Okay, I was like, there has to be some sort of legal. This is the most fucked up thing. I just wander into a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, as a hey, Canadian, and then they just pursue with the conversation they were on. This is amazing. We're trying to figure something out, man. That's how this show works. Well, well, hey, Les, they don't this want is, me here. This is how the, <laughs> listen, this is how the sausage is made. <laughs> Nobody yeah. wants to see it. We try to get out a lot of this bullshit so it doesn't spill over <clears throat> into the movie conversation. Like, you know what I'm saying? I've, I've listened to her sober cinema. <laughs> this is what the conversation is <laughs> the entire time. I, I was you, listening to, to the Underworld episode just the other day, mm. and I was like, well, here I was wanting Jared to cry on, on sober cinema, <laughs> and then he mentions he's got a shotgun and a pistol, and I was like, well, I don't even know if I want to go anymore. <laughs> <laughs> does its job <clears throat> yeah i'm staying in canada <laughs> i don't know if that was news to josh it was news to me and i'm like oh i don't know about i know that. i heard that's funny because here i was like you guys were both all of you were hating on underworld and here i'm gonna shit on both these movies today and i was like 
I, I actually like the Underworld movies for no, I don't know why. Mm. <laughs> they're terrible. They're absolutely horrendous. Films, I have one but guess, I, but <laughs> no, I, I just I just buy into the mythology. It's just dumb shit. No, and I like I the interviews of the. Did you like? Did you ever watch the special edition where they have oh, these no. oh, documentaries no. with people that actually think that they're lichens? It's amazing. Oh, oh wow! Now that I actually yeah, haven't seen. Okay, that's a really that cool. That would be game. a nice segue into Monster Camp, probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was okay. talking to I was talking to my girlfriend about you guys' show just uh, just uh, while we were out um, uh, a few minutes ago, and I was like, yeah, and it got me thinking maybe I should go watch that documentary again with that lunatic who said that he didn't want to be filmed whenever there was a full moon because you might he might put the crew in danger and i was like what the fuck <laughs> josh i think you uh didn't you have like a guy you went to college with like down the yes. hall that yes, believed he was a werewolf yeah <laughs> I... how you guys doing you doing good so let me get this right you guys want to see our movie early for free so you broke into private property huh and you tried to steal it I haven't even seen the movie yet. Uh, sir, I understand that this looks bad. It looks like three to five years locked up for breaking and entering bad. That's right, sweet cheeks. By the time you all walk away from this, your faces are going to be shrunken and shriveled just like your one nut. What? How can you possibly know that? Oh, we know about your uniball. We know everything, Mr. Harold Hutchinson, a.k.a. Hutch, son of Gloria humongous rush fan dude you're freaking me out man how do you know this because you have a rush shirt on dipshit and because we have a dossier on every single one of you no one move get your hands off the glass table hello mr lucas yes i can hear his beard yes mm-hmm I don't want to say that it was a hole in my security, but how did you guys break in? I used a grappling hook. Was William Shatner involved with this oh. show? No, not at all. They said no. No, no one was hurt. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very well. Damn it. I've just been told that what I said earlier, I no longer believe. Mr. Lucas is touched and mildly flattered by what you have done here. And I have been informed that I feel the same way. So the charges are going to be dropped. Oh, yeah. That is, of course, if you are what you appear to be. What do we appear to be? Fanboys. Something we can easily determine with a simple quiz. What is the name of the planet that Leia gave Grand Moff Tarkin as the false location of the Rebel Base in Episode 4? Bantooine. What is the name of the gunner in Luke's snowspeeder? Dak. Where is a woman's G-spot located? What? If you were to ask a woman to perform a Mississippi handbag, where would your testicles end up? That's not a Star Wars question. I didn't say the nipples. I said the little bumps around the nipples. Yar, are. That is not a Louisiana pile driver. But you wouldn't know about that, would you? <laughs> Virgin. <laughs> Virgin. Ariola Borealis? N near the uh, bumps? That's what you do. You aim for the eye. 
grab the lip, lead her around the room, blinding the Marlin. God, you're sexy and well-versed. I like it. I opened up my Boba Fett this morning from there. Ah, look at that. Any nice oh, getting into character. <laughs> nice. I'm glad your your love is not lost after fanboys. I'm glad you're <laughs> you're still with the community. Uh, well, the funny thing is, is that I caught myself answering like the quiz questions mm. while I was watching the movie, and I was like, "All right, I guess I am a fanboy," but at the same time. I don't know. It was it was one of those things. Like those those questions aren't hard. Come on, man. Have them name like all the bounty hunters. At least do something like that. You know, the people that are ancillary characters in the background where that no one knows. <laughs> I think I right. could name all the bounty hunters though. That's a, I don't want. I was hoping yeah. Jason would say something like, all "Oh, six? clearly I don't know that." Well, no, all six. Let's see. So you got Fett, IG88, yep. Dingar, yep. Forlom, yep. Zuckus. Is there one more? I think yeah, I think I'm gonna drop one. There we go. <laughs> all right, cool. Good man. Good. I'm actually glad yeah. I didn't get all six then. <laughs> I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm gonna be one of them. But that, that probably comes more from the the card game that we were into for years in the movies because you get you start playing that. You I remember more of that. I never were in the EU as much. Yeah, I didn't like read. Like, I read some of that stuff, but um, Dingar, he was always my favorite. He was the best card really? to play. Yeah, I just you I, I'd have to find. I, I don't know what cards you're talking about because I'd love to do that. Shut up, Josh. It's a <laughs> what? What was it, Jared? Do you remember his power? Mm. He got like a plus one. Plus stack. one for every character at the uh, opposing. Yeah, yeah, so the bigger the crowd, the more of a badass the he was. <laughs> Josh, you have no respect. I have them all. <laughs> I got. Hold on, I'll show you. I got Dengar here. I can't believe I got Zuckus and couldn't remember Bosk because four long so Zuckus. Surprised that that was yeah, a, yeah. Because I was like, oh, there you uh, go. There's uh. the man. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably a Bosk man, Josh. That's probably why you and I always thought you and Jared were four long and Zuckus, though. They were the pair, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I have four long. Yeah, I have them all there. Anyway, I have to stop showing my stuff now because yeah. it hurt watching fanboys a little. Yeah, I yeah. imagine. We are going back, uh, this is a 10-year anniversary to the weekend of February 6th through the 8th when the number one film that released at the box office was not Fanboys, which uh, had sort of a beleaguered uh, Harvey Weinstein uh, release pattern. I think it was on the shelf for a few years. That released on 44 screens to uh, 170 grand. The number one film was He's Just Not That Into You. Uh, produced by Drew Barrymore, and she's also one of the uh, featured players in this ensemble rom-com, open to $27 million. So uh, I think this is an episode that uh, Nasty Hellcat Jared requested. He was ready to discuss both these. He wanted to celebrate the 10-year anniversary. Yeah. Star Wars and Sad Bastards. I love it. <clears throat> right up my alley. I hadn't actually considered that, but now my, you know, just being a smartass, I'm like, okay, maybe it does actually fit. <laughs> Jared, before we get too far into this, you know, this is one of those I think we've we've got the box office. We've got a clear winner as far as opening weekend with he's just mm-hmm. not that into you. I'm gonna bet that these were not the most well regarded, highly reviewed films. You would be right. He's just not that into you was a forty percent from the critics, fifty-nine percent from the audience. It did about ninety-four million domestic on an estimated budget of forty million, which that level of star power—that's not really that—that's a bit low, honestly. Um, fanboys, 
31% from the critics, 57% from the audience, 688000 domestic on an estimated budget of $3.9 million. So I guess justice served. Um, I had to bring on a very special guest for this episode, uh, a super fan of He's Just Not That Into You, uh, Jason Michael <laughs> of Atlantic Screen Connection. Uh, obviously, and you know what? I think it worked out perfectly the week of this recording. You just released an episode on Star Wars. Yeah, man. We uh, we, we decided to celebrate the Phantom Menace 20th anniversary early this year. Try to beat everyone <laughs> to it. So right out the gate, we decided to talk about the Phantom Menace. So I appreciate your uh, your positivity there that you you plan to beat out all of the uh, 20th anniversary episodes. Uh, I'm assuming everyone's going to celebrate it, right? Um. Well, I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the thing. I mean, I, I, did you listen to the episode yet? I have not. Okay, but I, I will. Out- I will say my stance is I'm a little bit more positive than the internet on, on the prequels uh, as a whole. Well, see, to me, I went back. That's what I explained on the show is that I went back after watching The Last Jedi so that I could revisit the prequels, and they're, they're really not that bad. But, I mean, there are some things that, that are in it that are just unforgivable. And, like, you know, especially in The Phantom Menace, we were talking about Lee and I. Uh, it was like the, the whole, you know, colonial aspect of the fact that there's the not-white race. Uh, it was kind of... A, a bit of a a tricky thing. And even today it's even worse now. So, you know, but I mean, some of the stuff, you know, it's it's not that bad to be honest. I I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and I just don't give a shit about the, you know, the every, everyone, you know, complaining on the internet about star Wars or I just kind of gave up, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fine. 20 years. I I wonder where the hell those 20 years have gone. That's one thing. Uh, but complaining on the internet mainly. That's probably that. Yeah, man. But I don't know. Yes. There were, we just wanted to avoid being part of the whole thing that's going to be probably around the month of May. So we decided, you know what? February seems about right. And then when everyone's yelling about it in May, we just have to just sandbag someplace else and everything will be fine. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could bring you on for Fanboys for the 10-year anniversary of that. I know you're going to be uh, very happy to talk about both of these films. Uh, but before we get into it, where can people find uh, Atlantic Screen Connection uh, and you if they want to complain to you about your defense of the prequels? Uh, you can find Atlantic SC podcast on Twitter and any podcast player that you guys want to tune into. We're not much on the internet anymore. We put out shows whenever the hell we want. Uh, it's like, Smart. like, I, uh, I've basically taken down the Michael Denniston route of podcast releasing where we're like, you know what? They don't really need us. Who gives a shit? <laughs> so we'll put it out whenever we I think want. That's a good thing to discover is like, no one needs me or more of me on the internet. So it'll be just a rare occasion. Uh, certainly with a pairing like this, no one was demanding <laughs> it. Uh, gentlemen, which, the, which the one do you want? The quicker you realize your audience is just not that into you, the better. Oh. <laughs> I was about to ask which one we're going to start with. All right, Josh, you're trying to be professional with this podcast and everyone hates you for it. So uh, we'll get into this one. Okay. Anyone want to admit that they'd seen this before? No. I've seen, I'd seen both of them before. <laughs> I saw this one when it came out. Oh okay, uh, I think I saw I saw this maybe a year or two ago for another podcast. He's just not that into you, um, but I was I was aware of the book. I thought and I'm, I'm just gonna admit I didn't do any research 
onto the uh <laughs> the like the widespread uh sort of acclaim or maybe like sort of lingo that this book came. I didn't even know if it was a self help book or a novel. But I know it was a book before this movie. Like I was aware of that title and these like sort of rules to it. Anybody else? Uh I honestly had not watched the movie, but I was familiar with the book. Um I <laughs> kind of in a half perturbed and disgusted way there was a family member of mine that uh, okay was big into the book and i was like oh, your problems are so much <laughs> are so much further than <laughs> what this book is going to fix that uh <laughs> you don't you don't even need to try to read that but so i was familiar with the the self-help uh self-help book but i, I hadn't watched the film okay i, I think that's a, a good place to start because um i mean this is a um fairly sort of generic rom-com like we've seen with uh Stuff like Valentine's Day or New Year's Eve. I guess Love Actually would be the most like famous version of it, where you just have yeah. all these different couples that are going to get together, they're going to break up, uh, and that there's some you know marginal connection between them all. It's like someone works with somebody or someone's friends or related to another character. Uh, but they, the way they set it up is the way they sort of look into each of these individual stories and these couples uh, is to cite one of the rules um which usually is uh a man being a dick in some way um and the, the weird thing about the movie and i as i said not being familiar with the rules i i thought that was just it was like hey this guy's an asshole don't give him any credence don't give him any more rope to hang himself like just get out of this situation uh i didn't realize that there was gonna be so much uh woman on woman crime in this movie where it's, huh. it's, it's usually the women like as i said the co-workers the friends the relatives that are like well actually you could look at it another way and you could see this dude's actually pretty awesome and i think i enjoyed that a lot because i'm watching this like a horror movie <laughs> where these <laughs> poor women are trying to escape these slashers these these bradley coopers of the world or e from entourage and then you have another like camp counselor come in and be like, well, you know, there was another time where there were some mysterious things happening, but things end up working out. So just stick it out. Just stick it out through the night. Stay in the cabin in the woods and you'll be fine. And it'll all work <laughs> out in the morning. That's probably not the right way to watch this movie where you're sort of chuckling at the assumed uh, defeat that all these characters are going to face towards the end of the film. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, you probably shouldn't be chuckling at it. That might be a little bit of a sadistic uh, pleasure taking you're, you're having there, but I do think it's the point of the movie uh, and the point of the book that it was based upon is that uh, women are somewhat to blame for their own. And, you know what? I want to say women because there are plenty of men who probably <laughs> take that role. No, no, I'm just, no, I'm just saying. M Mike, the think... editor, was like, "How do I start this episode?" Oh, Josh has got a great insight. <laughs> I was just no. like, "I let it go." Just let it go. There you go. No, I'm not, no, I'm not saying that's a controversial because there there are men who probably fall into that role of uh, their. They're hanging on to trying to make a relationship happen with a woman that it's just not going to happen with, you know. There's so a little I, bit of that, that in this movie too. The, the, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's advice that's definitely applicable to both parties. It's just I don't know if maybe st statistically they feel like women do that more than men. I I, I don't know, but ob obviously the the book and the movie does aim that towards women. But but the focus being that. Uh, in that context that women are a little bit more guilty of propping one another up with these ideas that 
such as men are jerks because they're into you. You know, they, they act terrible because they like you, which is kind of a ridiculous presumption to make. Starting off and, with the kids pushing another like schoolgirl down and yeah, I mean, maybe, ma- or something. Yeah, maybe that logic applies to five-year-olds, but at some point <laughs> uh, you're supposed to grow up and, and that I feel like, yes, when people grow up, men stop acting like jerks because they like you. Um, uh, the Justin Long character definitely pretty much is the sage uh, source of the the book's wisdom, I feel like, in, in, in the movie. And these are very much the points he's driving home is that, look, if a guy likes you, he's going to make it known. <laughs> you know, guys aren't playing the games. And uh, I don't know. I, there's 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 a lot of um, generalizations being made there because, yet again, I mean, it the genders could be reversed. It could very much be that uh, a, a guy is kind of clasping on the hanging on the straws, you know, grasping for straws with a, with a female, but uh, the, it, it's good advice, but it's just kind of, um, it's a little overdrawn to, to, be, to make a feature length film out of, uh, because at the end of the day, I feel like the advice is, uh, don't play games. <laughs> don't don't create drama. If somebody likes you, they'll let you know. Which is like, yep, that's good advice. I don't know if it requires a two hundred page book or a two hour well, movie. And that's also going against pretty much the code of a rom com too. Like, yeah, you know, if you don't have the drama, you don't have the games. You don't really have a two hour three act sort of structure to it, which I don't think this right. really does because the ensemble piece. But um, I, I think there's something people like about watching other people's problems that uh, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't want to go through themselves. Well, and I certainly think that's why they go out of their way to do the uh, all the different scenarios w- with the ensemble as far as the married couple that's going through a possible affair, divorce, the, the couple that's been together for several years but won't commit to marriage, the, the person looking for love, the uh, just all, all the different scenarios. Um, I think they're they're trying to, their best to reach the audience. Like uh, we'll make it for somebody. You know, everybody will have something they can try to relate to in this in this film. Don't don't you feel that those were like stereotypes? Because I was just getting angry the entire time. I was like, none of these women have any agency. I texted Mike uh, throughout the movie. Just like I was furious sixteen minutes into this thing. And boy, just did because I enjoy of the that. fact <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, it was like, my... but. Like none of the women have any agency, and it's kind of weird because even the setup, you know, with the little boy and the little girl at, at the at the thing, I think that the mom, this is like a, a weird stereotype to perpetuate, and I, I think that I might have actually been guilty of that too. You know, the fact that the little boy is actually teasing you is meant to that he likes you, or if a little girl is teasing you, it's because she's jealous or something like that. But I don't know. I just it was so strange to me that this was actually in part written by a woman, and I was like, how? How can you justify writing women in this way? It's very odd to me. Because they are to blame, to quote uh, one of my favorite <laughs> podcasters, <laughs> before he cut himself off and self-edited that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I predicted where that editing was going to go <laughs> and, <laughs> and stopped mid-sentence to reframe. Because, I mean, if you if you look at uh, – and this is going to sound weird, and we'll, I don't know if we're going to be able to go off with this anyway, but um, – 
if you look at like the way that you know apes or gorillas or anything like that kind of react in nature, they have this thing called agonistic behavior, where if they turn your, their back or if they have these displays of violence, and it's meant to attract women. And I always thought that that thing with the kid at the beginning or the fact that you know these men are ignoring women are supposed to be these strange ways of like, well, if he's ignoring you, it's actually he's into you. And if we're still playing on that today, I thought that that was just the most bizarre premise to have for your entire movie. And then Justin Long's character being the one that actually ends up being a victim of his own bullshit at the end. I just don't get it. I, I'm still kind of cringing at them. I think Scarlett Johansson is probably one of the worst in the movie when, you know, she Terrible. ends up tell, telling her <laughs> entire life. Like is, she says to Bradley Cooper, is it sad that I'm so excited to be winning a cooler like are you that down on your luck yes it's sad that you're that happy to have a be winning a cooler you're not supposed to be happy to be winning a cooler and then she ends up telling him in an alleyway in the back i don't want to end up like my mom it's just <laughs> like what the hell why were you even saying this that that scenario never happens ever <laughs> in life never <laughs> i don't think uh someone that looks like scarjo would have to work that hard Oh. Uh, for the the attention of like, all right, I know you don't give a shit about me, and you, you ne- you'd never look my way. But here are the problems I've always had with my mother. <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> I don't think that would work. Also, the fact that yeah, uh, I forgot the cooler thing. I'm like, yeah, she she's probably seen a bit more luck in her life. I mean, just with the gene pool, uh, she's already won far more than a cooler. <laughs> I um, I wanted to toss it to Jared because as far yes. as I know, not and not to get into like super personal matters, but um, I believe on this conversation, you're the only single man out and about. Mm-hmm. And so I wondered if this played better for you, because I feel like once you're domesticated now, the game, you're like, why are people, why are they bullshitting so much? Why do they put up with all this, all this nonsense? Like, why don't they just like sort of say what they want and go after it? And then I'm thinking like, well, I do remember like in the dating life <laughs> the there there is just that sort of constant threat of bullshit. <laughs> and for me, it's like, do I need to put out bullshit as well? Like, do I need to like be cagey? So I'm, I guess I'm just tossing it to you and like, does this stuff work better? Cause it's like, it is kind of accurate to how people like treat each other. Like when they're not attached, uh, you know, maybe in the, the, 20s or something this all reeked of a lot of immaturity as far as the games that were played let me tell you dating in your 30s uh uh is not nearly there's no not as many uh minds to try to traverse you've not run into a young uh scarjo winning a cooler and just struck up a conversation about uh parenting? I, that that lost me from the beginning I, I i didn't want to jump into the conversation but how fucking stupid you win a cooler and you look like scarlett johansson she, her job is a is a lounge singer and she's like getting bradley cooper's number like it's beside the point but wait a minute wait a minute now are you are you dogging on bradley cooper because no i said a that's a boon. gentleman oh that's okay, a boon okay, for okay. her okay. you just got bradley cooper's number the cooler means nothing <laughs> all right fair enough dude <laughs> I, no you know you get a lot more honesty whenever you're older and dating especially if you happen to do god bless you if you do internet dating the absolute worst of the worst i did enjoy uh, i know what that is yeah. drew barrymore Terrible. uh on uh on the myspace and I'm like, wow, if this had come out just like a year later, I was like, they were right on the tail end. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, they hedged is... their bets the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. 
on which um, social media to use. I will that. say I got a hookup through MySpace, though, so it does have some sort of uh, relevancy. Uh, Recently? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I was like, Jared, that no, is really strange. No, 2019. No, that was like 13, 15 that years would be amazing. ago or something. I don't even remember my password. <laughs> At Nasty Hellcat. You have an email on your MySpace account. Someone wants to meet you. Um, That's right. I wanted sign. to kind of up the Nasty Hellcat sounds throughout the entire time, so I might actually try to slip some porn references into this. Mm. Well, you know, that's that's part of the reason I program a rom-com, is just to <laughs> let Jared go I'm wild, here. you know, a half hour in. Interesting. <laughs> Let's, uh, is, is there one, uh, one couple, like, you know, Josh, you were saying that they try to give maybe everyone at different points in life some sort of uh rom-com-ish moment some sort mm-hmm. of like problem that these people have to overcome is there any one of them that you could kind of pull out of the rest of the bullshit and you're like okay that i can i can kind of see like the drama there or is it is it all just pretty much trumped up nonsense uh, I think there's plenty of realism in Ben Affleck and Jennifer mm-hmm. Aniston i mean yeah. that's that's probably the one that i would gravitate towards because you you probably have a lot of actual real life instances where people are the the conflict between being happy and then you know having to sign some document that Ben Affleck perceives it as is the only difference. So I it's, think that one was grounded. It's certainly a part of our culture that uh, young girls definitely at a young age latch on to the idea of you know marriage and having a big wedding and stuff. And now I'm not I'm not saying that that's good or bad or whatever i'm just saying it's basically how it is it's a a moment in their life they're looking like the the wedding day moment and then and so presuming that a relationship like that occurs that she had a a girl happens to meet this guy that is pretty much just right in all the other ways you know and is committed and in a good relationship but he just does not actually believe in marriage then I could see whereas the type of issues that the story showed in in the movie would be fairly possible in a real life scenario as far as just that being a, a point of contention for, for, for the couple when nothing else really seems to be. This is weird to me because I think that this is a this is where our cultures are very different because I in Quebec marriage rates are, are right down the drain. Pretty much oh, yeah. nobody's getting married anymore. And it's when mm-hmm. I hear the concept of marriage and it usually comes from the United States or English speaking Canada. And it's always been a bit strange to me. Like I'm in a situation with my girlfriend now where I've explained to her somewhat like Ben Affleck. I don't particularly feel like getting married because I don't want to do it earliest. If I'm going to get married, I'll get it married when I'm like 70 years old. That way it's going to be a celebration of the fact that I was there the entire time. You know what I mean? They don't give you, they don't give you a prize for starting the race. They give you a prize to win the race. <laughs> I would love for Ben Affleck's character to have had that. For me. Yeah, that but dialogue like, would have been great. I like it. But the funny thing is, is that Jennifer Aniston... See, this this is where I got a little bit weird, like the the idea of like maybe it's not pulling from real life because she gets angry at him because and then she says she's holding back. She's hiding thing things about herself for five years. Uh, she, she doesn't want to seem demanding or clinging or a psycho. But what is she saying really is that she's going to release all this once she's married and he's going to be like, where the fuck was this girl the entire time? So I, I see that's the funny thing is, is that if you can't get the honesty from her from the get go then his point of not wanting to get married is actually quite valid. Uh, I think it's not getting the real person. 
I think the only thing I, I would argue on that is that the very thing she's talking about is the act of getting married. Is that that's the <laughs> she's kind of been holding it in of like, yeah, I've played cool this whole time that you know you're anti-marriage, but deep down, no, I really want to get married. It's really important to me that we get married, and he's not providing that to her. Well, you see more um, like family and societal pressure with her because like yeah it's not yeah. so much what's going on inside their home like because he i think of all the characters and i, I do like there's a moment with uh, bradley cooper when they're talking about it and <laughs> cooper i guess is the example like he sides getting married far too young that yeah he was pressured Another into stereotype, it but anyway. and yeah uh and then ben affleck like he's basically like you know it's that what if scenario of like you know i got married too young what if i like there was someone else i could have met that like is my soulmate or you know someone else that was meant for me if i just held on and they cut to Ben Affleck, and he's just like, well, I don't want to be with anyone else. Like, that doesn't even cross my mind. Like, I'm with exactly. whoever. This is who I want to be with now. Like, right. that, that's not even part of the equation. So, I, I go ahead, Josh. Well, I was just going to say, that's what I did appreciate about that story, is that um, <clears throat> Jennifer Aniston's uh, <clears throat> come-to-Jesus moment, if you will, is uh, uh, an accurate depiction of she's looking at what these real husbands <laughs> are acting like. Uh, which is probably a good definition for some, you know, there, there are certainly men who act that way. They, they expect to be waited on and they're somewhat jerks. And uh, then she sees how Ben Affleck's character has been treating her. And, she's, and she realizes um, I'm putting stock in something that's not necessarily that important. It, I, I'm seeing kind of more like what he's saying that, you know, I'm I'm being focused on this sheet of paper that says we're married when you're treating me more like a committed spouse than what these actual spouses are. And I mean, I feel like that's a reasonable way to come to that conclusion is getting a strong dose of like, yeah, these people are actually married, but look what jerks they are. <laughs> you know, is, is it really that important to have that piece of paper? Uh, and I completely agree. But I was wondering, do you think that the fact that this is undercut with the fact that her father had a heart attack you know one of the most extreme circumstances mm. don't you think that makes her emotionally compromised and not necessarily in the right state of mm. mind to make a decision like that so you're saying ben affleck picked his spot like there it is <laughs> <laughs> kind of yes that's uh, what i'm you, saying it's like he I'll was say, there for her and he's not like the other dudes which are I an extreme version there's a guy in between somewhere in there you know what i mean <laughs> the the movie I, i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt that that was they were doing it for the sake of creating a situation yeah. where she would be in the the house with these other dudes and seeing what jerks they were and being overwhelmed and and whatnot. But you're you're certainly correct that realistically speaking, that is a emotional, invulnerable situation that you could you could definitely read that as somebody taking advantage of. I, I, I don't think, think I'm sorry. I think the more realistic guy. moment is He's a good uh, guy. Yeah, yeah you know I mean? he's not perfect because there's a scene earlier, and it, I think it maybe precipitates the uh, the like marriage breakup talk. Yeah, he's hanging the painting, and yeah, and uh, she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Well, you told me to do this three weeks ago, and I <laughs> basically I'm put finally it in my getting cube. around to it. I'm yeah. getting around to yeah. it." And I was like, "That's a far more accurate good guy <laughs> spouse that he didn't just like." He's not just hopping to it like he's just there at beck and call. He's Mr. Perfect. But it's like he did remember like, oh, yeah, she asked about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to it. And it, he's not doing it for any, you know, it's not like it's her birthday or anything like that. Like mm -hmm. she just walks in from work and he's just, yeah, yeah exactly. he's just something like, oh, yeah, I need to get, I need to do that because that's something she, she wants done. 
Um, but it still took three weeks. <laughs> and he sort of acknowledges, like, hey, it's not too bad. <laughs> three weeks. Dude, I just took down my Christmas tree this morning, and my, 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 <laughs> my, my wife has been asking me for the past month. So, I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> and ben Affleck's better than I am. <laughs> Jared, you're being yes, far sir. too quiet. About what? I just, I just, I just wonder. <laughs> I, I just wonder your viewpoint on this because it's like we're, we're kind of debating the, um, not necessarily the merits, but the logistics of domestic lifestyle. And like with these, these movies I just don't are, have as much to uh, to uh, add. It's just me, baby. Well, but you have the outsider's perspective of yeah. of what the fuck. Does that mean? <laughs> well, in the sense, like if you like, there is a. <laughs> like there is definitely a certain charm to bachelorhood as far as like you know, there certainly if... is <laughs> here come the sound effects like i'm setting it up <laughs> but it's that and i think that rom-coms if they're geared towards women you know i think they they hardwire a certain expectation that is unreasonable like jason you were saying like okay the movie's playing in extremes like yeah, um, Jennifer Aniston's like sister, like and like her relatives, their husbands. Like this dude's just had a heart attack, so they come over. You assume to comfort the family, the man, and that they're the <laughs> they're sitting in there help. yelling and screaming and watching. I think football. Football. And you're like, okay, that's that's probably not accurate, but like, Look, I don't think it's I... accurate that there's necessarily all three of them acting like that. But uh, every family, I'll tell, I'll tell you, has there's one. one of those. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. There's at least one that I felt like. I don't know. One of my notes is literally: "Is this meant to be a satire? I'm already angry." <laughs> Something well, I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I'm, I was tossing the ball to Jared because with that outsider's perspective, I think if you're like in a domestic situation, you can kind of understand the the sort of sitcomish nature of it, like where an argument starts over something small. But I'm just like I'm just wondering when you're looking into it, like if you're just an observer, if you, if you find this I'm to be like, zoo. Yeah. yeah, if you find this to be like alien races, like what they're oh, getting God. angry about. The movie's so fucking exhausting. Like watching all this shit. Like I, just uh, just all the shit that people worry about whenever they're in those situations. I I, I guess it is partly you know I'm 35 years old. I really don't care to play those games anyway. But then to have to actually watch them again is just. Uh, yeah, man, it's my young man. Like Jennifer Connelly. What is she worrying about? <laughs> if he's smoking or not, which that seems to have been the least of her problems. Uh, I really hated that moment. I hated that whole story. That was Yeah, man, I agree with that. That was probably one of the worst. They're all bad, but that one's... She finds anyway. out that Bradley Cooper is having an affair, and then he is taking the logical... In his mind, what will be the logical next step, which is I'm going to be thrown out of the house. And he, mm -hmm. he's even rightfully so. In his mind, he's like, this is over the line. <laughs> Where I kind of like his character. <laughs> he thinks it's over the line. But he's also like, something has clicked in his mind where he's like ready to be separated. Yeah. Which I don't think you often see in these type of movies. I think you usually see like, I've made a horrible well, mistake. Please forgive don't me. don't often cheat with Scarlett Johansson either. There we so. go. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah that's <laughs> yeah yeah he's, he's ready to take the, the next step but she says no we're going to talk about this which will be fine but i think in the rest i don't i think in the movie we don't ever see them discussing it further i feel like we go from that home depot revelation where he's well, like i had an affair to her getting 
lingerie coming to his office trying to have sex with him. Like, it's yeah. all good. It's all gravy for Bradley Cooper. I don't understand, except for the fucking smoking. He just wouldn't, couldn't stop smoking. That's one thing that I thought was accurate in the film, though. The fact that we go from the Home Depot to the guy that's actually shed his guilt and then continues to pursue <laughs> yeah. the relationship with that. That, I, I, well, I don't think he's going to be listening to this. One of my buddies recently, you know, just got a divorce because he was cheating and all that. And the thing is, is that once... Like she found out and he decided that, you know, it's done. It, it just became, you know, he just kept going. And you're like, what, are you going to try to fix it? And he was like, I don't know if I should. But then he kept seeing the other person on the side. And you're like, well, dude, what the fuck? And so I've like, I have a firsthand account of someone who actually went through something similar. So but he doesn't smoke anymore. But I was <laughs> See, like, I anyway. think I read that story very differently from what you all were saying because. Careful, Josh. No, I, I start. I start. I started out liking that story the most because I was like, okay, this is a little bit different. You know, we have a guy who appears to be happily married, but you know, as the layers get peeled back, we start to see like, no, he was kind of pushed into getting married and made the mistake of going through with it. And so he's not the happiest guy in the world. And there's another relationship being proposed to him. Now he is doing all the, in the early parts of that story, not not fake. He, he's actually being a good guy and how he's, he's like, I'm a married man. I shouldn't be doing this. You know, I shouldn't even be talking to you. I shouldn't. And he keeps, you know, Scarlett Johansson keeps pushing it and keeps, you know, throwing the temptations. And he's very, you know, he starts to give little by little. And what I thought we were going to come to terms with was, OK, he's being honest with his wife about, OK, I had an affair, which I felt very much was like, not only was he assuming she was going to want a divorce, but that's what he wanted. I think that was part of the confession. He wants was. her to make the decision. He, he wants to. Yeah. 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 If yeah, you yeah, confess yeah, yeah. that you're hoping yeah. for a divorce. Yeah. You handle yeah. everything, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, that was a layup for him, you know, just a softball right. underhanded right. toss. It's like, I had an affair. Can you please so. just get this one out of the park? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I felt like up to the point of what happens in his office, the characters were acting pretty legitimately, you know, for what they were going through. But I guess apparently they cut away, so we don't know. But I guess once he's <laughs> tucked Scarlett Johansson away into the closet, I guess he continues to have sex with his wife. Uh, oh, they yeah, alluded to that. They never confirmed it, but I think that is what. What that happens. is that is a well, setup for a much perfect. better movie, right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, there's a much better movie inside this one. I want to see. I want to see a Brother Phoenix East Horse spinoff. Brother what? Phoenix East Horse. Yeah, you know the oh, dude, the dude that's next made. to Jennifer Aniston yeah. at the table when they're trying to set him up with oh, another guy. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, no. yeah, sir. How do you <laughs> go that. from that the male witch? I want to see that. Man. No, 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 no. Jennifer Connelly, and then she's like, "Oh, what is this you've got going on? I know how to fix our marriage. <laughs> Come here, ScarJo." Like, yep. <laughs> and you uh, put the bass track in. Everybody's happy. I think Mike just nasty hellcatted in his own podcast. I don't, he might I mean, have to apply I, it to his own I, quote there. I just assume Jared has be just been thinking about it for two hours and like during this whole conversation. <laughs> and that's, you know, like I, that seems like such an obvious setup there. The, the one thing I really like about that sequence, the fact that it doesn't play off like a porno, though, is that presumably Scarlett Johansson just sits quietly in the closet mm. fuming. Yeah, man. Well, who would the fuck would sit through that? <laughs> A, a, very, a special be. lady, my, a very special. My, my problem with that is that I don't think it was realistic for Bradley Cooper's character to go through with that. I feel like 
I'm not saying that I know which decision he that character would have made, but I feel like that would have been look. Josh, they portrayed him things, as nothing but a things a just happen to him. He's not yeah. going to be the one to be the decider. If, if Jennifer Connelly yeah. just comes gets his lap, he's not going to be yes. like. Uh, there's yeah, I, I had some else going on. There's something in the closet. Nope. <laughs> just I guess this is my life now, and it ain't yeah, half bad. Just, this is pretty good. They, they took that as a chance to take a, a, a character who was a pretty likable character and just treat him like crap and try to villainize him. It's like he made Wait. some mistakes, but he should have. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you talking awesome. about Bradley Cooper? <laughs> I am talking about Bradley Cooper. They, He's they, the best character. They, in what mistakes did he make? <laughs> Jennifer Connelly or Scarlett Johansson? <laughs> <laughs> not not making the choice was the mistake. You know, it was that he he was in a situation where obviously it was going to blow up, and that's what's unrealistic about it. You, you have to help. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cue in my one of my favorite uh, moments from Office Space, where uh, the neighbor says two chicks at the same time. That was the mistake, Josh, that you're talking about. You keep <laughs> walking around it. He was no, right I, there. He was on the cusp. I guess, I guess what uh, I'm getting at is that um he. He wanted the divorce. He he wanted to go with Scarlett Johansson, and at that point, he either sees it through and tells his wife, "Like, hey, I'm sorry, uh, I'm just ready to move on," or he he plays the the other side of it and is like, he sucks it up and is like, you know what? I'm pro-. internally he's thinking this this isn't what I want necessarily, but uh, I, I guess I'll just salvage my marriage. I don't think he was continuing the uh the affair for the sake of just like hey i'm gonna roll the dice and just keep this thing going i think it was more like he really thought that that was the direction everything was going to go was that she was going to throw him out and he was going to proceed he's just immature i mean he's he's a guy that uh josh you were saying you know the football jerks want to be weighed on hand and foot this is a guy that is bitching that things just fall into his lap literally fall into his lap like he has Jennifer Connelly, he meets, I think, in college. I think that's when they started their relationship. High school. And they get married far too young. And he's bitching about it, that he had the the good grace to meet Jennifer Connelly as a teenager. And damn, he's sent to life in prison with her, a life with her. Then Scarlett Johansson shows up. He can't even, even though he admits he had an affair, when Jennifer Connelly shows up at his office when he's about to have sex with Scarlett Johansson, what's he do? He hides Scarlett Johansson in the closet. Even if you don't want to say anything, if you just want to use uh, visual reference for your little picture show to, for like <laughs> I want a divorce, say hey, here's the woman I cheated on you with. Scarlett you kind, of inter- kind of interrupted something here, babe. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, he's I lazy. That's what I don't like I'm, about him. He's just too yeah, lazy. Okay. All right, so I mean, I'll give that. I'm, I'm by all means, I'm not excusing like. Why do you hate women so much? The Josh? extramarital <laughs> affair. Right? Well, I guess I just thought. That, I, I, I just thought it would have been a more interesting story to see somebody tackling from a good guy point of view uh, an unhappy marriage. Because most of the time, it's always displayed as like the guy is a jerk. You know, he is just having the skeevy affair. And it would have been more interesting to see somebody who actually does have good morals and, and good intentions struggling with realizing uh, maybe you know i probably did make a mistake i probably got married too young there's other things i would like to go out there and experience and uh that would have just been i think a better a better story that well i mean it's in keeping with the whole film that the the women are being accused of misreading signs but all the men they're coming in contact with you know whether it's just like they're just trying to be polite 
uh, or or they just don't feel like they have to give the breakup. Like no one just speaks their mind except for Ben Affleck, I guess is the only character who says, Hey, this is where I stand. This is where I've stood. You knew this about me the whole time. And then fortunately or unfortunately, by the end of the film, he still proposes to her. So I, I, I even feel like that's sort of like, you know, you kind of caved as a film, you caved on yep. two people coming together. Cause she still gets the like magical moment, the proposal, and I don't really know why. Yeah, that that was no. I didn't like that. I agree I'll, with you. I'll, I'll throw this out there. Uh, I feel like maybe because he saw that she she gave in terms of agreeing. You know what? I finally understand now. Marriage is on the table for you, and we're committed regardless. I'll embrace that. He reciprocated later by saying, "Well, okay." Seeing how important it is to you. And that you were willing to sacrifice that, maybe I should be willing to sacrifice, you know. Uh, and... But he already hung the he already hung the painting, man. <laughs> Good <laughs> I'm enough. I just wanted to, <laughs> say <something laughs> to undermine it all. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, you can read it either way. I did get a meta level of humor out of that movie with the amount of "I don't want to marry you" to Jennifer Aniston that goes on on and on throughout the film. <laughs> Jeez, dude. <laughs> What is that not funny to you? It is funny to me. I guess. See, <laughs> should have this guy on more often. And the Canadians are supposed to be nicer too. And he he went with you on that. I I don't know. I I think that. Well, I don't know. I guess even in two thousand nine, I guess that was part of her like. I don't know persona as well. Like the, the woman left behind or jilted. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I like seeing it through the lens that Ben Affleck at one point was like the good guy and Bradley Cooper was like coming off wedding crashers was like always King douchebag. Like he was always like the, the scummiest of the scum. Like that, like if he can, he will like turn on you. And it's weird how that's flipped now. Cause I, I fully believe they made this now. Ben Affleck would be the hound dog out there. <laughs> and Bradley Cooper would be the, the one like, you know, with the wistful look in his eye, the romantic that would be like, and to bring it full circle. The reason I have a problem with all that is because, um, uh, oh crap! What's her name? <laughs> Alias. What was that Jared? J- Jennifer Gardner. Uh, Jennifer Gardner. Uh, you know, I always had a soft spot in my heart for uh, O. Bradley Cooper because back in Alias, I was like, oh man, you know, come on, Alias, you're supposed to, you're supposed to grab onto the Bradley Cooper of the story. He's awesome. But in the real world, who'd she end up with? Ben Affleck. We're we're getting like really judgy on like real people here. We go with like Jennifer Aniston. Isn't it funny that no one wants her? (laughs) Isn't it funny Jennifer Aniston made a horrible mistake? (laughs) Should we move on to fanboys before this? I don't know, man. I think we've gone way off. The whole script sucked, in my opinion. I thought that they portrayed women in a really terrible way. And I mean, the guys. Come on, let's be honest. Josh has been. We're all like that, aren't we? No, Josh is saying the opposite. He's saying this movie got exactly right. I don't think I'm saying that at all. Uh, <laughs> I can't I, I, see your face. So I have no idea if you're if you're serious or not. He's like this this, you know. It's like I'm watching a documentary and we're trying to hide his identity. I don't even know if this is real voice. <laughs> Maybe I should just go ahead and put like a voice changer on, on my voice. Uh, no, I mean Ben Affleck does come off as like in the movie. Uh, let's let's scroll down here. Uh. Justin Long, he, uh, for most of the movie, he is being generally nice. He's like an advice giver. Uh, 
trying to be helpful. And I, I feel like, again, they're probably using him as the mouthpiece of the actual book. I haven't read the book, but I, I'm only assuming that like he's probably spouting the uh, the ideals of the book itself. Um, Bradley Cooper, okay, we're split on that. We don't we don't necessarily. Think- <laughs> <laughs> we're split. What the fuck? I think it's a three to one vote. Is what mm-hmm. it is. Okay. I don't think it. End, no, I think by the end of the, I, I think by the end of the story, they have portrayed him as a jerk. But I just don't think that's true to what they painted him as early in the film. Uh, what about Kevin? Uh, let's see, E from Entourage. I think he's. Yeah. I hate him. I hate his voice. I hate his face. Uh, Which one is this? Start uh, uh Oh, Connor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He could go fuck himself. His character was certainly. Josh is going to say we're split on him. No, yeah, we're split on I, him. I, I just put my finger on him. You know, it was like, I, what are you doing here? I don't really even know. That's a nasty Hellcat. Anyway. <laughs> he uh, looks like a professional hobbit. Do you buy that Scarlett Johansson and him ever once had sex, even just no, the one I, time? I have a better question. Has anyone ever been in that situation? Where you're getting blue balled by this woman. I have. Yeah, I have. I can say I have. Where you're kind of they trying keep, to be nice. and They, and, they and, string and, enough along to where you keep interest, but really you're probably doing like manual labor for them or like going to the movies with them, etc. I think there was an appearance on the Grand Gesture when I had you on, Jared, and you used an example where I had to give you a, a stern talking to. Like, <laughs> Jared, do not go help this woman move. Do not go lift up her couch I think I remember upstairs. that shit, man. <laughs> What episode is that? Because I remember something similar. Uh, That awkward moment. I think that's what we were talking about, Jared. Um, It was a good one. I'll drop in a clip here. I just remember the episode ended with you saying you already threw your back out humping her. And that's when I I played the music. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, That does sound like me, doesn't it? How do you hump, man? Very vigorously. I was about oh. to say, now it's carefully. Jared's like, <laughs> with an ice pack on his back. First, do some stretches. Uh, and full put on, put on the harness. <laughs> exactly. oh, I think awesome. um, the worst thing I can say about uh, Connor, is that his name? Last name? The actor's yeah, name? Connor. He, uh, you know, you just, just look at him. Let's look at Scarlett Johansson. Like, dude, just, you just look at him. <laughs> just <laughs> He doesn't have a buddy. Like, where's Justin Long to take him aside and be like, you know, just be thankful you were there. Just like, you know, if you had a if you had a shitty band like in the early nineties, just be thankful you opened for Nirvana once. Don't be asking like, hey man, how come Nirvana's not taking me on tour like for this summer? No. If you got to shake hands with Kurt Cobain, that's enough for you. Just shut up. Stop telling people about it. You had sex with Scarlett Johansson one time. Be thankful and be quiet. Right, Jared? Exactly. What about uh, Jennifer Goodwin's character? Is there any reality in there? There's a lot of reality, I think. I think there's a lot of reality. And I I think that that's what I was talking about with... I think men can be hardwired by movies and pop culture as well. Uh, I think that most of the generically bad rom-coms, kind of like this one, the disservice they do to women is setting up the expectation that there's going to be those twists and turns where it excuses... Mm -hmm you know the darker twists and turns where it's like i don't think that's something that a person that's into me or that's you know just a nice decent human being would do just so they can have the comeback moment they can have the, yeah like, unfortunately like justin long so they can have the moment where he shows up the door and it's like i totally changed my mind baby i did a 180 on you you were great <laughs> the whole time 
but that is that is one area I'll 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 defend the movie in saying that like I, I think there's accuracy in that message, but may, maybe it was wrong in only portraying it as females being guilty of doing that because I'm I, I'm again I, I've said this two or three times, but I'm fairly certain there are men who have been just as guilty of like maybe trying to read more into a message than what's there. And well, okay, like on the, somebody. the Jared but example that I used. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jared, sure. but Jared, that was a one-time conversation where, and even Jared was like, I don't know, man, I don't think this is, I think this is on the last legs, but she wants me to help move. And I was like, cut it. Just call it, man. Throw I in see, the, ta- uh, the towel. I'm, I'm glad that you uh, added you, in the, uh, go ahead. But Jared didn't go round and round with me, like, no, 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 let's no. kick over every rock. Let's let's see, is there a hidden message, Mike? We were he was already kind of come to that conclusion. All I was there to do was to give a gentle push, maybe a few cuss words, and that was it. <laughs> that was all he needed. And, and then was you over. throw your back out. Yeah, that was <laughs> end of the movie. Jared was it was done. He turned the page. I think that's that's the unfortunate thing with all the women being portrayed here, is it just takes way too much. You don't have a single time like it would be nice for like one strike. And they just say, "Hey, I don't need this bullshit. I'm fucking Jennifer yeah, Aniston. I'm Scarlett Johansson. What the fuck do I need this for?" They're perpetuating the same stereotype that they've had from fairy tales. Well, women are always going to be this this um, how can I put it? In in waiting, waiting for men to catch up or do something like that. You know what I mean? It's always been weird. There's a technical term for it. What is passive? You have these passive females most of the time. Scarlett Johansson is seemingly is trying to be a little bit more proactive, but at the same time, she seems to be waiting for Cooper to break up so that she gets some sort of satisfaction. And then maybe they they trying to subvert that by having Connor be the passive guy in this. But at the same time, you know, they have that whole gay side story with him. So that that kind of puts a little bit of a weird twist on that, where that feminizes him in a way. Mm. No, so it is attracting women. So there's a whole gender aspect under there that weird undertones that I was really uncomfortable with when you started. I had actually hadn't thought about that. I just thought this is really obnoxious, like side, you know, subplot slash joke they're doing where he's trying to dress more to appeal more to the gay demographic because whatever uh, neighborhood he's been put into a female position and therefore that feminizes him. It was very weird to mm. me when it. Was... Yeah, that goes back to Josh's point. Women are bad, right? If you're not there, Josh, I'm just going to pull that clip back at that moment to make it sound like you're just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> women are bad. <laughs> I know you. I know I, I'm there. I'm from Canada, and I say I support you, Josh. Thank I'm not going to let you take Mike. Let Mike take you down, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was going to say that I'm not going to let Mike go down on you, but oh my, <laughs> please, well, please don't, please don't. It's, it's already, it's I've already got that bit recorded, so that, that's in there. <laughs> You know that bit is uh, usually a technical French term to mean penis, so that's even funnier. <laughs> Not technical at all, by the way. It's just a, what they use. Say, is that the technical term? <laughs> yeah, it's really, go to the doctor's office and they say you got something on your bit <laughs> from all that drilling. Throw my back out. <laughs> Jared, how many times have you had to have that conversation? <laughs> I on, don't Jared. have that conversation. Oh, Jared, go the other way. A lot. I got something on this. Doc. I'm in the health department every week. <laughs> I think I figured it out. Remember when I went out with that notary public and he cheated on me? And then Anastasia from upstairs told me the story about how her boyfriend cheated on her at the beginning, but then he totally changed and now they're married and crazy in love? 
I thought that guy was a process server. No, notary. Anyway, uh, my point is, Anastasia's the exception, not the rule. And we have to stop listening to these stories because the rule is that most guys who cheat on you up front don't really care about you very much. Okay. Okay, so, um, exhibit A, Chad, the drummer who lived in a storage space. He only used me for rides, and yet I continued to stalk him for most of 1998. And then, um, oh, there was Don, who broke up with me every Friday so that he could have his weekends free and... I was so delusional about that relationship. I used to refer to him as my husband to random people like my dental hygienist. And anyways, all of my friends used to tell me these stories about how things might work out with these dipsticks because they knew someone who knew someone who dated a dipstick just like mine. And that girl ended up getting married and living happily ever after. But that's the exception, and we're not the exception. We're the rule. Uh, on the on the subject of Canada, uh, I do believe there is a uh, uh, there's a the the leaf right and a uh, a very yeah, hot a scene. Jay Barrett Shell pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, fanboys. At some point in this movie, our group of Star Wars loving friends, uh, somewhat friends, there's one strange relationship, stripped naked in a gay bar after threatening prison rape on the bartender. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to admit, like, I, I'd seen this before. I saw it kind of close to when it came out, maybe like to video, because I don't think it played anywhere near us. And watching it again, when that moment came up, you know, I was presumably probably I'd already started looking at my phone, like, oh, God, what is this bullshit? And I had to look up, and I'm like, wait, what is going on in this movie? I thought they were trying to steal the Phantom Menace print, and uh, we just have a lot of shenanigans here. There's a, there's a lot. There's, this is a road trip movie that I think, honestly, need to be far more about just dudes having conversations in a van about Star Wars. Yep. And that's it. But there's a lot of other stuff. Seems like it was loosely based on uh, Jane Bob's Strike Back. There, I did read an article where they, uh, I guess Weinstein uh, brought in Kevin Smith to try to punch it up a little bit, mm-hmm. and that, so that's why he makes an appearance with uh, Jason Mewes. Uh, pretty much any of the bigger names like Will Forte, uh, Craig Robertson, I think that's his name, yep. uh, Daryl from The Office. Those people were called in in reshoots as favors because they felt like they needed to get like those are comedians, those are comic faces you'll recognize. So yeah, uh, it kind of feels disjointed. Um, we'll start with Jared. Um, yes, sir. We're all I think we're all big Star Wars fans, not as much as uh, our friend Jason Michael here, uh, who who brought <laughs> a, a Boba Fett with him for the recording. Oh uh, shit! And, if I turn this camera around, you'll go nuts. And Dingor, of course, you know the best bounty hunter. Uh, had you seen this before, Jared? Did you watch this uh, closer <clears throat> release or first time, just for the this podcast? Was a, uh, this was a first time watch. I, You're I, welcome, for, by the way. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't complain as much. I, I left it on my letterbox review, but um, yeah, first time watch. Uh, first impressions was it was really, really dated. Uh, oh yeah, man. Um, Which it should was, be, but it's yeah. not dated in the right way. Like no. I, I was wishing this was a movie that felt more like what it was like to be a Star Wars fan, like in you know late 1998, early 99, and instead it feels like they're trying to be 40 year old virgin from like 2005. It feels like they're say, they're aping that style instead. It's like a movie made in 2008 or nine, and it felt like for whatever reason a movie made in 2002. And I, I was really shocked. I guess it's just getting older and more mature at the level of like. <laughs> misogyny and homophobia in this movie like I, it's really off-putting and no i mean you know i I really like comedy that's you know it's not really 
PC or whatever, but Christ's sakes, like it's not funny. And then you're still adding on like calling everybody quote a fag or gay or, or just like putting down women in general. Like I, I, it, it was, it was astounding to me that, uh, uh, this movie would get absolutely fucking destroyed today on Twitter if it was to come out and written the same way that it is. Josh, your defense of the misogyny <laughs> in particular. Thank you for that, Mike. <laughs> well, let me start off by saying I've taken a lot of hits for this podcast. <laughs> and <clears throat> Sounds worse than you think it does. It's <laughs> taking a lot of bits too for this podcast. Oh my! Uh, I made a New Year's resolution that I was going to be kinder to myself this year and not hurt myself. And so I watched this movie, uh, much like probably like what you said, Mike. Like after home release, uh, I refused to watch it again for this podcast. <laughs> I, I I remembered enough that I, was like, I did not like that. I don't you want know, to ever see it again. After your. Uh passionate defense of bradley cooper as a good guy that <laughs> just needed a little strange in his life i think you should have i think you should have thought long and hard like you know what i, I deserve this i deserve fanboys no no I, I i remember uh you know when i heard about this film back in uh whenever that was the early 2000s was being i heard that was being made uh, or maybe maybe it was already made and it was getting some talk. I I can't remember, but I think it uh, made, actually made a blacklist. Like you know, the screenwriting, like the best unproduced screenplays, uh, in the like early two thousands. I think you're right. Like I think it was something that was around on the internet for a long time before it actually was filmed. I I was envisioning more of a drama. Uh, maybe maybe with some comedic elements, but I was envisioning something that was going to be way more. Uh. I guess because I was drawing upon the fact that we have a close circle of friends and we have very much similar geek tastes, whether it be Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. We waited in the mines. We camped out for Star Wars for the Phantom Menace. So, yeah. So I could very much. You camped out for that? Oh, yeah. All three of these these guys and some, uh, what else? But three, maybe three other friends we had. I remember. In a very bad neighborhood. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we didn't know we were in a very bad neighborhood. But that's the fun thing about living in Quebec City is not everyone goes to English films, so I didn't have to do any of that shit. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was fun. I, it, it was like I yeah, kind of look back favorably on that. Oh yeah, it must process. Be fun. I, yeah. I, I it, wish I could go was. through that, but I, now I, after the Last Jedi, there's no way I'm ever going to do that. <laughs> Get mm. murdered in line. Well, yeah. Uh, but I, I was I was definitely not kind of personalizing it a little bit. Like, oh man, like. The idea that as this group of friends, we love this thing and the idea of like, well, if something happened to one of us where we knew we weren't going to be around to see the next one, even though that's not really important. That's kind of trivial in the grand scheme of things. It's kind of significant of things going on within that friendship. And have you ever thought about that before? Really about. Yeah, I have thought about it. Uh, I won't go into too much personal detail because it involves um, it involves somebody that, you know, I don't I don't really want bring up that particular situation on air, but I've certainly had that thought. And uh, so the idea that was very, you know, intriguing to me, I was like, Oh man, that could be, that that could be a tearjerker even not that I want it to be sappy, but it could have been something really meaningful. And so I think that made it hurt that much more when I watched it. I was like, this is utter crap. (laughs) You know, this is just dick and fart jokes. Uh, with the preposition of like, oh, this is, you know, this dramatic 
uh, scenario. So, uh, yeah, I did not enjoy it. I didn't find it. I didn't find it quirky. I don't. I didn't find it funny. It's too on the nose. Um, any of the references being made, it was just too obvious. It wasn't. Another problem was like it, there, there were like by by this point there had already been several like fan films made, and I'm not talking about like people acting like Jedi's, but I'm talking about like there was one I remember uh, right before the prequels came out called uh, George Lucas in Love, and it was yeah, kind of spooky. that was a good short uh, film. Yeah, yeah, it was spoofing Shakespeare in Love, but it was like giving the story of possibly how did George Lucas mm-hmm. become inspired to make Star Wars and stuff. And that was very fun. It had a lot of funny uh, ways of integrating references from the movies and how he may have had those ideas. Whereas, like, like I said, with this movie, it's a super obvious. It's like, okay, yeah, you made that reference. I get it. All right, yeah, I watched Star Wars too. Uh, it just didn't do nothing. I, I just... Did not like it, and it was. <laughs> I just made the cause like I'm not rewatching it. I may not be able to remember a lot of stuff in detail to contribute enough for the conversation, but I'm not doing that again. Is there a big emphasis on uh, this <clears throat> rival gang? I guess they're Jets and Sharks here, or Star Wars fans and uh, Trekkies, uh, yeah. Seth Rogen, uh, which was um, to what Josh is saying, as much as I could sort of put myself in that viewpoint, especially from that time period, like with us being. 15, 16 years old when episode one came out of like that being like, you know, that was a pretty big topic of conversation in our daily life. And I think that's probably the hardest part to recapture is like, man, you know, it's just, it's just a fucking movie. Like, why are you like going on about it for like months on end? But pre like pre like the Marvelization of like sort of event films where there's like one every three months, like the fact that you had waited, you know, 20 years for this and you had mm. the you had the special editions come out a couple of years before to kind of get you hyped up for like they're making it they're going back on this uh it was a really big deal <laughs> all that being said i don't remember like really ever giving a fuck what the star trek fans were doing or like that it's this <laughs> no. sort of like weird like you know convoluted thing where i'm just like oh isn't that and i think even kevin smith was guilty of that and like clerks too i think there's a character that's like really into lord of the rings and yeah um yeah there's there's this fight with randall over you know what is the true trilogy and i remember always finding that really false too i'm like and people don't they don't go around with this they might you know someone might say like i think i like lord of the rings more and you're like oh you're a fucking idiot and that's like the end of the conversation it's it's par for the course for randall though man he'll pick a fight with anybody on anything yeah i just don't know if that the other character would engage with him (laughs) <laughs> or yeah. he'd just be like, you're a weird old man. Why are you working here? <laughs> <laughs> 100% agree. <laughs> so I, that was the biggest part for me was not capturing. You know, there is like a uh, uh, dazed and confused version of this that is awesome, set in like the nerd world, where it's just sort of like, you know, a day in the life type thing. You know, maybe even like the day before the week of like the prequel coming out. I don't know if the cancer thing works as well. It's definitely, Josh, what you're saying, the, the way they use it, like, not at all. Mm-hmm. But um, it was funny. I was reading um, an article about this, and it was like someone had done, like, a. I think it came out a couple of years ago. They're like, it was like a an oral history of, like, fanboys, which that just proves the internet will provide anything. Like, when I'm like, when I looked up, like, uh, you know, fanboys, what do people think of it? I'm like, oh, Jesus, like, Vulture or someplace was like, let's get everybody together again and let's find out. And apparently Harvey Weinstein hated the cancer thing, thought anytime you mentioned cancer, they couldn't be funny. So they tried to shoot, uh, like, around it so that, that any like, with different cuts, you could just remove that plot line entirely. Yes. 
Well, that's I think that was the huge issue for me watching it because I was like, okay, either you or your friend <laughs> is dying of cancer. Why do you care about all this other stuff going around? <laughs> Don't you have more pressing matters right now? I mean, it uh, should add to the desperation of accomplishing your mission of getting your right, friend, the ability to right. see the film. And we've actually, I believe we've seen that happen in real life as well, whether it be like the latest Avengers movie or like a, the Dark Knight. I, I know there are news stories where mm-hmm. yeah. someone like a Make-A-Wish sort of thing, the family has reached out and the studio, someone has come back with, with like a private like little screener like on a laptop and allowed yeah, they did Yeah, they did it for The Forest Awakening. Yeah, so I mean that that's a very nice thing, but like, you remove that out of this, these kids just come across as entitled assholes. If you mm-hmm. if you don't reference that, it's just they're driving cross country to create mayhem, as Jared said, misogyny, homophobia, <laughs> and then they break into George Lucas's place, which doesn't seem that hard. And for the most part, you just run around in circles, like just Scooby Doo, like yeah, very much. And they're using the grappling hook gag from Mallrats on top of that. You're like, oh, yeah. On. So I want to know, uh, you know, Jason is the the guy with the Boba Fett sitting next yeah. to you. Was this uh, more or less offensive to you than uh, he's just not that I into just you? didn't give a shit. I have my notes. My notes are this. <laughs> First thought, I need to get myself a Vader costume. <laughs> Second thought was All right. the, you, the electric you had that fence. note before you even watched the movie. Come on, be <laughs> no, I just I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. It's because I didn't have I had, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, then I wrote the electric fence scene during the montage was funny, and then I this is a text I sent Mike. Harry Knowles is played by Ethan Suplee. That didn't mm. age well at all. <laughs> Speaking of misogyny and mm. weird well, boys and shit like that, you're like, oh, God. Uh, Harry produced, Knowles by, uh, produced by Kevin Spacey, distributed by Harvey Weinstein. Just like, oh, man, dude. <laughs> <laughs> on a yeah. streak this one is uh this is perfect for sober cinema <laughs> especially if you didn't like the movie if you're like i don't like that weinstein guy kevin spacey i also hear not good things i didn't have a funny film line there with uh being too handsy. yeah whatever he ain't good <laughs> um but yeah i'm like josh i didn't like this when i first watched it either and it's just like i, I actually did try to look up to see because apparently there is a cut uh, without them going to the uh, the the gay bar, um, there's uh, I think a cut without um, the uh, the way they treat the Kristen Bell character as well. Yeah, where and then there was something with the, the filmmaking where she was still shooting Veronica Mars, so she couldn't. That's sort of the odd reason why she's like there for part of the trip, but not the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and they try to make it a plot point, which maybe is the only somewhat accurate thing here, where there's that, that gatekeeping, like especially in nerd communities, where it's like she's just as well versed as them. She's into all the same shit. She's at the comic book shop. Unfortunately, she's only there to flash another character who uh, doesn't pay any attention because he's nerding out online. But I, I feel like that is only there. It's only there for like a romantic twist, where it's like, oh, yeah. she's always secretly pined for Jay Baruchel, and I'm... <laughs> I'm I'm watching this and I'm like, man, Jared Dotson's head must fucking. I might I need to call him to make sure he's not had a heart attack, like enraged at this idea at this moment. What at the uh, notion of Jay Baruchel uh, just uh, <laughs> going for the ten year old online instead of Kristen, or, yeah. and just being blatantly oblivious to Kristen Bell, like 
into all the same shit, tries to talk to him, tries to get near He's uh, He's just not that into her, or he doesn't realize it. <laughs> God, Josh, Josh did that earlier. Jared, why? Like, <laughs> we were making Josh look so bad this episode, and you're... I don't know. That, that's some sort of Jedi mind powers of Josh there to, to drag Jared into this nonsense. Give him enough rope. Uh, if I had enough rope, I would have hung myself way long before. <laughs> that's a callback to like one of our early episodes. <laughs> that's a callback to Jason Michael, I think, tweeting out like, is, is everything okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's before he listened to us very much. Sober Cinema just opened with one of the hosts saying they thought about suicide that day. <laughs> and the other two assholes just laugh and start playing the music. <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorite shows, man. Uh, listening to Sober Cinema, every week I'm like, oh, man, there's just these two guys, poor Josh and Jared, are just this much closer to throwing themselves off a bridge. <laughs> and I, yep. I, I'm going to have mm-hmm. to get the big inflatable Canadian mattress that they used in the family guy when, you know, Peter was fighting Trump so that I could go find that bridge and make sure they're okay. <laughs> I, a, I think this is, that's just a roundabout way of saying that I'm a failure, that that's my attempt. <laughs> and that I keep failing week after week to push them over. I thought I did pretty good this week. I thought this no, combo. No, you're, you're a good friend. No just saying time. that, you know, hear that dude. I'm a good friend. Outside observer. <laughs> I, I have to wait minutes at a time for Mike to text back. It's just a very strange relationship we have. I think Jared would say those I, are I, those I, are minutes you should cherish. I send him oh, a message. How you doing? And then I'll get a message back at like two weeks later. You want a podcast? And I'm like, what the fuck? Hey, <laughs> sir, you're skipping over the part where two weeks later I say I'm pretty good. Anyway, here's where I need you. <laughs> <laughs> see i read this whole thing like i thought it was a weird combination watching it that it got me thinking about josh and jared more than anything mm, there we go fantastic <laughs> well jared you say that and yet i've always i'm always preparing to defend you until you you know you openly attack me first there i'm like all right screw that guy josh is right <laughs> why i tune in <laughs> like what I does jared to see have it. to say this week I start after to see i read it. his tweets online and i'm like this character's awesome man i gotta keep following this guy. <laughs> it's not a character <laughs> no, no no but i mean i'm not saying it's a character i'm just saying that he's a cool character i like him see i think i think people think that it's a character oh no, and... not at all i know that that's flat out who he is and that's fucking awesome <laughs> see there you go dude <laughs> so i'm watching fanboys i'm thinking okay you have two guys in this movie that just don't like each other anymore. Very accurate. Keep going. <laughs> but the tie that binds is Star Wars because they can't talk about it at that time with anyone else. And they're a little, I believe it's a small town in Ohio, I think is where they yeah, start yeah. in this movie. So, you know, pre, like, I mean, still the early days of the internet. Um, these two guys sort of have to put up with each other. Like, even though they're, they're, as they start to mature, they're really going their separate ways. But Star Wars reconnects them. But you spend half the time in the movie with them, like, sort of barely enjoying the other's presence. It's just, (laughs) like, Star Wars is this weird third presence here (laughs) that's keeping them together. I wondered if that's why there's so much, like, anger and resentment, especially in nerd communities, with each other, because... These are people they would never otherwise hang out with. And Jared, <laughs> just as an origin story for Jason Michael and our listeners, the reason we were friends with Jared is because in middle school, very first day of middle school, they see everyone alphabetically. 
And me and Josh were coming from the same school, and we were really good friends. Well, all three of us, our last names start with D. Jared, though, J-A, Jared mm. Dotson. Josh, J-O, Josh Dotson. There's this third person put in between me and Josh who had always <laughs> set together based on this alphabetical <laughs> assignment. Great friends. And now we've got to deal with – we have to – deal with this stranger and either bring Speaking him around in. me very much as it continued for 30 years. Yes. Jesus Christ. So we have to bring him in or be, be assholes. And since we're both good guys, we That's brought right. Jared into the fold. The tragedy here is I've never no, really, I, I disagree with everything you're saying. No, hold on. I'm Let me saying get to that it. Jared is the glue that holds you guys together. Cause you don't really mm. want to talk to Josh. Ooh, that's an interesting point. <laughs> so you're using Jared as an excuse. Mm. Well, I was, I was, I was kind of on that that wavelength, going with like the tragedy of this this threesome, this relationship, is that, that is that out of what me and Josh thought was a kindness to this like 11 year old boy that will bring him in. Jesus Christ, this is getting weird. Keep going. But we never really asked Jared if he wanted to be involved. <laughs> I just sort of wanted to sit and read my game pros and be left alone. <laughs> Even to this podcast in our mid thirties, he has been dragged along to these conversations. Hey, Jared, you got Nintendo sixty four? Invite us over to your house, man. We want to play that. I want to ruin your bed sheets and. Uh... Oh my god. <laughs> What the See, fuck's going got, on now? I got pizza all over my fucking bed sheets. They're spraying, pizza on uh... the bed sheets. Where are you? Where's your bed, man? I had a very small room. We were not very. Uh, Where's um, your bed? Let's say four sixth graders in my room. Uh, not right shaving now. Cream Please all over specify. Oh, I didn't say it's a very small window for my camera here. I don't want you to see that. Um, yeah. Anyway, thirty years, fantastic. <laughs> Jared, would, would you accuse me and Josh of not reading your signals? Like he's just not that into you that we just keep persisting? Yeah, very much so. I said I didn't want to do this show. Come on, man! It'd be so fun to sit on and talk crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, here we are. I'm really glad I'm on this episode, man. There's a lot of reckoning going on right now. Well, I started thinking about it the other day. Like, you put up the 40th episode. I was like, how many hours of my life? (laughs) So much regret on Jared's part. Uh, No, we still never got to thank you, Jared, for bringing you in. (laughs) I've been waiting on that one a while. I I, I thank Jared for being there, because that's it. That's why I tune in every week. I say between this guy and Hyro, I might not kill myself. Who knows? <laughs> Hyro's a different story. I get offended by when he speaks. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I don't even know if I should go to the like. I, I am kind of interested <laughs> in which we prefer out of this. I'm very tempted just to end it with thanks to Jason and Hiro. I might not kill myself. The music just plays. Uh, We can't. None of these. Neither movie is good. I'm not going to recommend any of them. I'm going to say I'm going to go with he's just not that into you. I'm not trying to speak ill of anyone that likes it, but I think within 
what it's trying to achieve based off the the guidebook or whatever um i think it achieves that as far as if you were into that book and you bought into josh you said you had someone that you knew in your life that was like this is this is this has got all that you need for like you know a single person (laughs) i think if you liked it you probably got what you wanted out of the movie i can only speak as a star wars fan that i did not get what i wanted out of the fanboys even the concept that i bought into i did not get anything close to what i wanted as far as representing like my friendships or that very particular time in your life where you can't obsess over like that one movie and that can be like your whole world i don't this is reads like sci-fi to me even more so than star Wars where I'm like, I don't see anything there. I see nothing, nobody from my life that acted that way. I'm not saying that I do for, he's just not that into you. I can't speak to that, but I, I think the box office actually was right. I think there were a lot of people that did dig that movie at the time, but neither one of them, neither one of them are for me. So. And even fanboys, I mean, they're, they're trying to ape a new hope anyway in the way that they're setting up a lot of the, the, you know, the conflict and whatnot. And it, it just falls flat. You, you, you can, can, you can see every beat in the script. And on top of that, they just kind of fail to, I don't know. They, they, they don't seem like fans. They just seem like people that have walked into fandom without really knowing what the hell's going on. You know? Yeah. Okay. Hutch punches the top of the van so that the lights turn on and stuff like that. And the van sounds like the millennium Falcon, but I mean, what, what other, uh, you know, what what are, what are the other points that they are trying to make with the film? You know, it it paints, not not that fans today anyway, seem to be good, and especially after the Last Jedi, all the backlash that came out, and a lot of the the racism and the misogyny and all that, you know, yeah, maybe there's a, you know, correlation with what fanboys was trying to achieve, and they were spot on, but at the same time, it's not my reality. And so that's why I was a little bit disappointed because as a fan of all this shit and, you know, I've never hated on anybody for Star Trek. I've never really given a shit about, you know, what you like is what you like. But the way that they react, I was like, no, this doesn't make any sense at all. You know, there wasn't enough Star Wars in the movie that was supposedly about Star Wars, which Mm -hmm. is to me the major crime out of it. So. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Jared. That's the biggest gift you're going to get from Josh, is he's just uh, conceding the floor to you. Brevity. Um, <laughs> I take uh, it back. We won't end on it. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> uh, you know, I can't recommend fanboys. It's it's too, uh, for all the reasons you guys said, and it, this has already been said about it, but... Just because you can make Star Wars references, you have to actually make them funny or add a joke in. Like you can't just say Tauntaun and I'm going to stand up in my chair and applaud. Like it's weak attempt at comedy. Is there a movie or a, maybe I mean maybe it's a book or just a piece of art that you think is more honoring sort of the spirit of Star Wars than something like this? That's not just like directly trying to reference it like all the time. Uh, I don't know if this would necessarily count, but like, uh, oddly enough, referencing the first clerks, some of the conversations yeah, they have. Yeah, makes more sense. Uh, I appreciated that, like a deep dive into the ethics of building the Death Star, you yeah. know, whether or not the workers, <laughs> you know. Much funnier, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's a pretty close resemblance. Some of those moments, I, I can't I can't really imagine a, a whole movie that has tried to ape Star Wars other than... Spaceballs, but uh, 
as far as far as doing it with like a from a true fan's point of view and just deep diving, I, I feel like that's the closest type of example. I just think of something like uh, <clears throat> Uncharted, the PlayStation game. Mm, it's probably okay. like the best version of Indiana Jones. Yeah, that we're gonna get. Man. Not mm-hmm. movies that are trying to be Indiana Jones, but that like has the spirit of it and like what you love about that series. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. I can't think of anything that's know. done it and done it successfully. <clears throat> All right, we don't have to solve the problems. No, I don't know. I think like you know, just Kevin Smith stuff, like like uh, Josh was pointing out, clerks there, mall rats. Also, when Silent Bob is trying to use the Force, you know, stuff like that. Those are the the the, the few things that anybody who's a fan of pop culture, especially Star Wars or comic books and references and stuff like that, you can spot them because they're there, they're in your face. But at the same time, there are other ones that are subtle. The ones that they put in fanboys feels like someone was like oh you know those geeks they they kind of like this or they kind of like that it doesn't feel like it was written by fans which is strange to me mm-hmm. i think the only thing we solved this week is we kept jared dotson alive one more week <laughs> maybe thank you maybe fuck you i don't know which one <laughs> <laughs> Scotch on the rocks. Hey, Jared, I'm here for you. Man. Yeah, I'm just yeah, throwing I'm it down in the low post for you, and I know I'm just you'll, gonna, you'll finish got, it off. I've got to learn to be quiet whenever you're talking because I'm sabotaging myself apparently by my offhand comments. Well, fuck him too, then. Anyway, Josh is right. <laughs> Don't even let me get into it. Like I'm like I'm trying to like you know I had a I actually had a thought here about how I, I treat other people and Jared in particular you and immediately just. <laughs> You just haymaker. You just slap me in the face. I'm like, okay, you deserve it. That's why.